0: Welcome to The Crossing today on this time change weekend. Glad you're making this a part of your weekend here. Um, Let me go ahead and look in the camera. Welcome all of those who are joining us, our Southeast Campus. Love you guys. Our microsites, all those who are watching online, let's just give them a big hand. Come on, you can do better than that. We're good. Glad that you guys are part of The Crossing family with us. Well, this has been an interesting season for my family because this past year, I became a granddad. I had my first grandchild. My son and I are actually building a big play set in my backyard for him because I want to be the place that he always wants to come to and to play at. In addition to that, my youngest daughter got married this past June, and so we gave her away to You know, this fantastic young man who grew up at this church as well. And it's just one of these seasons where everything is just changing in our family. Now, I remember taking them all off to college. I remember dropping them off and driving away and then crying all the way home. Well, things have changed because now my kids have all graduated they all have full-time jobs. They're starting families of their own. And it's just one of those moments that I wonder, where did all the time go? I mean, what, what happened? I can remember coming home from work, and my kids would run to meet me at the door, and then they would grab around my legs, and I would just walk around the house with them, you know, clung on to me, and we had so much fun. I, I remember standing at the sidelines of softball fields and soccer fields, in basketball courts and volleyball courts yelling for my kids to make the play and yelling at the refs when they made a bad call you know that those moments that we have where we built these big forts in the backyard played barbies with my girls and we would build lego mansions and these days these days the only time i can get the whole family together is sunday after church we have lunch together and everybody comes over And the conversations these days, they revolve around jobs and houses and grandkids and diapers and all of those things that keep coming up. Now, as much as I miss those old days, as much as I have such fond memories of them, there would be a problem if my kids wanted to come over and build forts in the backyard and my girls wanted to play with Barbies again. That this is a season for me that I savor every moment of it with my kids. But I don't want them to stay in this stage either. I want them to grow. I want them to achieve their goals. I want them to become all that God has created them to be. Because there's something exciting about seeing growth in people. You see, staying in the same place is not an option. And while that is true for our kids, Sometimes in our spiritual life, that just becomes normal. We just stay right where we are. I ran across this quote from Stephen Covey this week where he says, if we're going to keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting. See, this is true in every area of your life. That if you keep doing the same things in your life, you're going to keep getting the same results. You're going to keep getting what you have always got. Well, this is especially true in our spiritual life, that if you just keep doing things the way that you've always done them, then you're going to get the results that you've always had, and we want you to grow, that, that God wants to push you further in your life. And so with that, I want you to turn to to Hebrews chapter 5 if you have your Bibles. We're in the middle of this series that we're calling GOAT, which stands for the greatest of all time. That Jesus is the greatest of all time. And we're basing this series on the book of Hebrews and just walking through just the different sections of Hebrews. And here's the theme of Hebrews. Here's the big idea. Is that Jesus is greater, so don't give up. No matter what you're going through in your life right now, Jesus is greater. No matter what kind of burdens that you have in your life, Jesus is greater. No matter what kind of stresses and complications that you have, Jesus is greater. So don't give up. This, this letter that, that's found in the New Testament it was written to a bunch of Christians whose lives had become very difficult. That when they became Christians, they started facing persecution, and they're ready to give up and go back to their old life. And this was reflected in the way that they were living. Then, instead of taking the next step in their faith, instead of growing in their relationship with God, they're going back to the basics. They're going back to where they began. And the Hebrew writer speaks to them, and he speaks to you and me, and he says, it's time to grow up. It's time to grow up. Well, we're going to pick this up in Hebrews chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. It says, in fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, I don't know whether I told you or not, but I'm a grandfather, and I have a, a, a grandson who is almost a year, his name is Luca, and he comes over to Papa's house a couple times a week, and he's in that transition of leaving drinking out of a bottle and starting to eat solid food. But if he were to choose, I mean, he would choose the bottle because it's so much less work than everything else. Now, some of you, you are, you are new in the faith, that you have not been a Christian for very long, and every message is new for you. It's like drinking out of a fire hose, and you're growing. This is an incredible season for you. The Hebrew writer is not talking to you. He is talking to those of us who have been followers of Jesus for a long time. And he says to us, he says, though, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. See, while while an 11-month-old drinking a bottle is still cute, an 11-year-old drinking a bottle is not so cute anymore. Because immaturity has a shelf life that there is a point in the Christian walk where we ought to be teaching others, that we ought to be encouraging them, that we ought to be leading them, not going back to the very basics of God's Word all over again. He goes on, he says, Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature." who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. See, there is a danger for all of us. There's a danger for all of us because sometimes Christianity becomes more about checking off the boxes than growing closer to Jesus. Sometimes it's just about, well, I've done that, I've done that, and I've done that. That we begin to think that Bible knowledge equals spiritual maturity. Some of you know your Bible inside and out, and that is great. We're going to talk about that more here in a few minutes. But the problem is, for some of us, it doesn't change the way that we live. And what you're doing is you are just deceiving yourselves. James, the brother of Jesus, in in his book, he writes about this right here, about this deception of ourselves. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, Do what it says. See, we are masters at self-deception, deceiving ourselves. A few months ago, I had to get a new passport, and my executive assistant, Regina, she asked me so carefully, this is what she said. She says, what am I putting down as your hair color? I said, you're putting down brown. She said, really? I said, yes. Every time I look in the mirror, I see brown. We have this ability to deceive ourselves, don't we? And here's what he says. He goes, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. You do what it says. Spiritual maturity always goes hand in hand with obedience. He says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death. Now repentance is turning from your old life and turning towards God. That's what repentance means. It is this U-turn of turning from whatever was part of your old life and going to your new life. And he's saying we shouldn't have to keep talking about this again. We shouldn't have to go over this idea of repenting and turning from your old ways and keep going back there. He says, and a faith in God. See, faith is the foundation of Christianity. Faith is is the foundation of your relationship with God. He's saying we shouldn't have to just keep talking about having faith in God again. We need to move beyond that. He goes on and he says instruction about cleansing rites. He's talking about baptism. He's referring to baptism. The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. See, the language that he uses is about movement. It is moving forward towards maturity. It is growing in your faith. And then he shares this warning for us. Here's what he says. He says, it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God, and the powers of the coming age, and who've fallen away. He's saying it is impossible for all of those who have experienced all of those things and have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting Him to public disgrace. Now, this doesn't sound very much like Jesus loves me, this I know. And in fact, this is kind of scary, isn't it? I actually debated all week long whether I would teach on this section because this is maybe the hardest teaching in the entire book of Hebrews. And so I went back and forth and I thought, if I don't teach on this, nobody will even know that I skipped it over. But I thought this is such an important part for us to understand because here's where some of you are. That you see that verse and your fear is you think, I have fallen away. He's talking about me, I've fallen away. Or one of the questions that I get asked most often is, how can I know if I'm really saved? We did a survey a few years ago, and this question actually became the sixth most asked question in our church. How can I know if I'm really saved? The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, he says that you are saved by grace through faith, not by works. That you are saved by grace through faith and not by works. So let me try to explain this because, because I think there are a lot of us who, who don't understand grace. So let's just suppose this right here is the line of faith. That this is that line where for you that, that every person that is a follower of Jesus has a moment where they cross the line of faith. That there is, this is that moment where you realized your need for Jesus. Maybe it happened in this place. For a lot of you, it happened some point here, maybe it was an Easter Sunday, where you finally just said, you know what, I need Jesus in my life. And what happened is you surrendered your life to Jesus and were baptized, and you entered in to this relationship with Christ. Now here's how a lot of us, here's how a lot of you view salvation. View view it like this. That you started your relationship with Jesus. That this is the moment that you surrendered your your life to Jesus. And you had these incredible moments where you were growing and praying. That you started going to a small group. And then you had your first major sin. And you fell down here. And you felt bad. You felt guilty, maybe you came and talked to one of our pastors, maybe I prayed with you, and so you asked for forgiveness, and so then you came up here and you started having these moments again where you're growing with God. And then came spring break. And then you just stayed here for a while. And then you decided that you would come back to God, and, and you just see salvation as just bouncing back and forth and back and forth. Let me tell you, this is not being saved by grace. This is being saved by works. This is not the way it happens. This is not what the Bible teaches us. Here's what the Bible teaches us. That if we see this as, as the moment of salvation, if we see this as the line of salvation, when you surrendered your life to Jesus, you entered into this relationship with Christ. That there were days where you were growing where you had these days where you were growing in your faith and you were close to God, and then you fell back into that sin that you've always struggled with. Maybe for you, it's just just one of those sins that has just always kind of taken a hold of you. And while you're not as close to God as you once were, you're still saved. You're still in a relationship with Jesus. And so then you begin to grow again. You begin to to follow God, and you have these moments, but maybe there is a period for you where you kind of fell down here, and you stayed here for a long time. Maybe this is what brought you back to church. Maybe you had been a follower of Christ at some point in your life, and you kind of felt yourself here, and you had, it's time for me to go back to church, and that's why you walked into this place, and you came back, and you started growing in your faith, and you have Good days and bad days. You have days where you're closer to God, but you're still in a relationship with Him. And so you don't have to be scared every time you make a mistake. Now, here is my opinion. Let me just let me just share my opinion with you. There are others who have a different opinion. Other people who are smarter than me who have a different opinion. Let me share you with my opinion. That your salvation is secure. Unless you make a permanent decision to reject God, okay? Just just hear me out. Unless you make a permanent decision to, to reject God, you don't lose your salvation like you lose your keys or you lose your phone, okay? You don't do that. But I believe you can choose to walk away from it on a permanent basis. This does not happen over a couple weeks. It doesn't happen over a couple months. I don't even think it happens over a couple years. This is a permanent decision to walk away and to never come back. I had one professor who used to say, if you've ever worried that you lost your salvation, then you haven't. Because by virtue of you worrying about it, your heart is still pliable to what God wants to do. So there is no need for you to live in fear and worry all the time. You can be confident. And what God is doing. So let me take you back just to the key verse for today. It's this verse right here in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 14. It says, But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. He tells us that to move forward in our spiritual maturity is it's about training, not trying harder. Every now and then, Lee and I will travel together, and he always tries to get me to get up early with him in the morning and to go running with him. Now, I've actually made that mistake a few times in my life, and I've learned from my mistakes. Now, if he came over to my house and said, Shane, I I just want to motivate you to run, so I signed you up for a marathon that's this weekend. Well, even if I tried really, really, really hard, I couldn't run a marathon this weekend. Trying can only take you so far that if you wanted to run a marathon, and I don't know why you would want to, but if you wanted to run a marathon, you could do it, but it would take training. You would have to arrange your life around certain practices to be able to do it because willpower alone will not accomplish this, that we must train and not try. Well, the same is true with spiritual maturity. And let me give you what may be the most important principle that you will hear when it comes to the fact of growing in your spiritual life. It's this right here. that spiritual maturity is not the result of trying, but training. Spiritual maturity is not the result of trying harder. I'm just trying really, really hard. I'm trying to get my life all together. It's not the result of trying harder, but of training harder wiser. See, all of us, you know how it is when you pull up to a stoplight and the light turns green and somebody in front of you doesn't go. And, and here's, what, here's what we do. We're trying to be nice people, trying to be Christian about it. Here's what we do, just go, beep, beep. The light's green. It's time to go, right? Because you know what they're doing. You, you know what's going on. They're reading their text or they're reading their social media. So it's like, beep, beep. You know, let's go. But what you want to do is you want to just lay on the horn. Let's go, you know, go. I, I want to give you a little beep beep. The light's green. It's time to get moving, it's time to grow up spiritually. It's time to go. For some of you, the reason that you have not seen the best version of you is you're looking for the easy route. That If it were easy, everybody would be doing it. But listen, we can make progress. But it's not about trying harder. It's about training wiser. It's about environments and practices and relationships. It is putting yourself in the right places to grow. And so I want to give you the three tools of spiritual maturity. And I want you to think of it like this stool. I want you to think of it like this because this stool has three legs and you begin to think of spiritual maturity is like this. This is where you begin to build a foundation in your spiritual maturity. And here's the first leg. The first leg of spiritual maturity is God's Spirit. It's God's Spirit. We surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Listen, I, I don't think we realize how big of a deal it is that we have the Holy Spirit in us. Because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was only given to certain people on certain occasions. Think about all the heroes of the Bible. Think about all of these people that you have heard about. You have the presence of God in a way that they did not have. See, but now the Holy Spirit is given to all believers. The day that the church started was called the Day of Pentecost. Peter gets up and he begins to speak to thousands of people. And they said, What do we need to do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, what happens when you become a Christian is God's Spirit moves into your life, and you begin to birth change if you'll cooperate with Him. See, some of you are trying to change on your own. If I can just get my life all together, then I'm going to give my life to Jesus. If I can can just get myself all together, then, then I'll be baptized. You have it backwards. Because when we give our life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in us and helps birth change in us. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes in Galatians. He says, since we live by the Spirit, see this is what we do as followers of Christ, we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. See, one of the keys of spiritual maturity is paying attention to the Spirit and keeping in step with the Spirit. For me, let me tell you how this happens in my life. This usually happens during my prayer time. That when I am quiet enough and I turn off my phone and I turn off the TV and all the distractions and I begin to create space for God to speak to me in my life. This is when I begin to hear the Holy Spirit Working in me, God speaking into me, because it doesn't happen when I'm in a hurry, when I'm distracted, when I've got all of this noise and stuff happening in me. See the first leg of spiritual maturity, it's God's spirit. Here's the second leg: it's God's word. It is it's God's word. That if you ask most people the number one indicator of spiritual growth, what they would tell you is church attendance. They say, well, you can tell, you know, people who are growing spiritually because they go to church. Listen, while I I think that what we do in here is really important for your faith journey, it's not the number one indicator of spiritual growth. Isn't it true that you know certain people who never miss church, but they are some of the most dishonest, greedy, hateful people you know? Don't look at them. We just know who we're talking about. (laughs) Frankly, they're the ones that make Christians look bad. There is a survey that was done a few years ago where they surveyed 500,000 people. And here's what they found out. that The number one indicator of spiritual growth is not church attendance. It is Bible engagement. It is those who engage in their Bible When people begin to engage in their Bible. It doesn't matter whether you're a new Christian, a growing Christian, or you've been a follower of Jesus for a long time. That Bible engagement is the number one one indicator of spiritual growth in us. Here's what the Hebrew writer writes just in the chapter before this of what we've been looking at. He says, "For the word of God is alive and active." He's talking about the Bible. He's talking about God's word. It is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing the soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. That almost every week, somebody will come up to me, and they're like, Shane, you were speaking right to me. It is like you were living in my house. I mean, how do you know that? Like, listen, I'm not that good. But there is a couple ways that, that that happens. Number one is, my house is probably not that much different than your house, and I deal with the same things that you deal with. But the second thing is, it's God's Word. God's Word is alive and active. One of the things that I teach, that I pray before I come out here every week, is I just pray, God, would you make your Word alive? Would you hit people right where they are, right in their life? Because God's Word is alive and active. It encourages us, it prompts us, it pushes us to move forward. It doesn't always say what we want to hear, but it's God's truth. See, the the first leg... Of the stool, it's God's spirit. The second leg of the stool, it's God's word. And this third leg of the stool, it's God's people. It's God's people that we were never meant to do life alone. God's design to grow spiritually happens when you let other people into your life. See, you can come to church every week and nobody knows the real you. Nobody knows who you are and what you're dealing with. The Hebrew writer will say later on in chapter 10, he will say, And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That this is what I do for you, this is what you do for me. We spur each other on towards good deeds. Not giving up the meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching. See, there is something powerful that happens. When you put yourself in an environment to grow with other people. And let me tell you the best environment that we have at the crossing for you to grow. It's an environment called Rooted. Rooted is a a small group that we offer. It is a 10-week small group. And in it, we look at the seven rhythms of discipleship. You need to hear this. I want every person at the crossing to go through Rooted. Every person. We start our next session in April. And it will sell out. It will fill up. So you can sign up today. I want you to be involved in that. I want you to be a part of that. The spiritual maturity isn't about trying harder. It's about training wiser. It's like this stool right here. That if if I begin to, to sit here, see, I need all three legs for this stool to, sit, to stand up. And for you, what you need is you need to surrender your life to God's spirit. That you need to begin to surrender your life to God's word. To putting God's word in you. And obeying his word. And then to surrender your life to God's people. That there is something powerful when you let other people. And see this right here. This establishes a firm foundation for you to take your next step. For you to grow. It's not about trying harder. Some of you, you've been trying so hard. And it's not about trying harder. It's about training wiser. You can do this. The light's green. Let's go. It's time to go. See, when I when I come here every Sunday, that I realize that, that we are all in different stages of our spiritual journey. We find ourselves in different places. Many of you are spiritually searching. That you've You've come in here and you think, I'm not even sure about the whole Christianity thing yet. I don't know if I believe in any of this. You need to know that's okay. This is a safe place for you to take the next step in your spiritual journey. You are welcome here. You come as you are. You come as you are. There are some of you that you are brand new followers of Christ. And this is such a great season for you. This is such a great season because you're growing like crazy in your life. And what I would say is don't stop. You keep going. You keep taking these next steps. For some of you, you are spiritual stumblers. You think, man, I just don't feel like I am walking very closely with God these days. Today is a great opportunity for you to get back on track. The reason you're here is cuz you want a relationship with God. That's why you're here. You can do this. And it's okay. God can forgive your sins. God can help you in whatever weaknesses that you've had. And then some of you here, you are fully surrendered followers of Jesus. You are sold out. That you are growing. That That you are meeting God in a way that you've never met Him before. And here's what you need to know. That spiritual growth is never just about you. It's about those who are coming behind you. It's about taking those who are coming behind you and to come alongside them and to help them and to lead them and to teach them and to encourage them. The light's green. It's time for us to go. Take that next step. See, I think there is something inside of each of us where we say, I want to be different. I want to change.